So these are the picks as of uh, like last night that I had. I don't know if Which the odds would be, uh, Friday, Friday the 27th. Friday the 27th. All right. So Cardinals minus one half spread at minus 106. Oh, wait. Who are they playing? Oh, the freaking Patriots. That is such a lock. It's insane. Like, dude, they, no, they're so insane. They're going to win. It's just like I would do the money line, but the money line is worse odds than the spread. And if they're going to win, they're going to win by more than two. Um, Panthers plus 146 money line. I think it's solid. Uh, they're not favored, but it's the Vikings who are decent. But I'm pretty sure Adam Thielen's out. Uh, so they're, uh, they're not going to be as strong as they normally would. Adam Thielen is, in fact, out. Yeah. Unexpected. Austin Eckler is, in fact, active as well, which totally changes my picks for the Chargers game as well. I mean, I mean it does. Um, so, uh, next I have Chargers, uh, I think, uh, plus 4.5. Um, I don't know what – what are the odds for that? They were, like, minus 120, 110. Probably minus 110 to minus one. Yeah, I think so. They're pretty yeah. decent odds. Um it's it's minus one fifteen actually to be exact, and it's against the Bills. Like that's a close margin. It's a good margin, and uh, they're the unfavored team, so it, it's just like solid money. Yeah. And and to and to add it onto that a little bit, the Chargers have actually the Chargers and the Steelers. The Steelers obviously because they're undefeated are the only two teams to have not lost a game by seven or more points yeah. so far this whole season. So despite the Chargers three and seven record, they've been it in it just about, yeah. yeah they've only lost by like a one yeah possession. they're they're like I, I don't quite know the record against the spread but it's definitely over like 600 yeah um and then next i'm taking this is my final game money line i have touchdown scores next but titans money line now that it, it, they're playing the colts who in my opinion suck like especially against a team like the titans um i, I think the titans are just gonna absolutely dominate i think derrick henry AJ Brown, they're just going to go out there and absolutely destroy the field. I think they're going to get a ton of yards. I think Derrick Henry's going to score even like two touchdowns or something. Even without their star player, DeForest Buckner. Yeah, some Morty. Yeah, they're also missing Jonathan Taylor. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a lot of Jordan Wilkins and uh, Naeem Hines on Sunday. Is going to do well this week. I'll agree with Mortimer, but not for the reasons he provided. I think the Colts are actually a very good football team. They beat the Packers. Yeah, I think uh, think it's hard to beat the Bears. I would agree with with Max on that end, um, which is why I'm considering just buying into the plus three for the Titans as well. Yeah, um, but I only just, I, it's just because the Titans are unfavored. I don't think they should be. I think they right, should look, be favored. I, I have the Titans winning again. That's because DeForest Buckner's out and their other um, D tackle Aubrey, I believe, yeah, he's out as well. Taylor's inactive with COVID. Right. So yeah. I think Derrick Henry having a monster game against a weaker. Uh, Colts defensive line, and that is why I would also endorse the Tennessee Falcons pick. All right. So next, here's my anytime touchdown scores list. Now you should lock them all into a parlay because I think they're gonna hit. Kenyon Drake plus one forty odds. Curtis Samuel plus one forty five. Keenan Allen plus one forty five. And only if you're doing a parlay, I would put Derrick Henry minus 200 because I just don't think minus 200 odds for an yeah. anytime touchdown score. Odds shifted to minus 190 on that as well. Okay. It's still, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. it's an anytime touchdown score. It should be at least plus odds if you're going to put money on it. Yeah. Dalvin's minus 330 to score. Yeah. Like you got to put it in a parlay for that to be good. Yeah. So yeah, that's all I have on the betting this for Sunday. 
All right. So um, moving on to my picks, um, I just have my picks ready for the 12 p.m. slate, um, which is made up of, I think, around eight games. Um, and I made three eight picks per game, game um, as well as I have um, a lock, uh, a couple locks, few absolute locks. So starting off um, with the Arizona Cardinals at the New England Patriots, um, I have James White over 31 and a half receiving yards, um, which is minus 110. Um, the only other running back that was kind of competing for pass catching down um, um, downs was uh, Rex Burkett, who's now out um, for the season um, with a torn ACL. Um, although Sony Michelle was activated off IR, um, him and Damian Harris are both non-factors in the passing game. So James Lloyd's going to see a ton of snaps. Um, so I, I think he'll definitely cover that. And also with James White, um, which is my bigger lock, is the over on his receptions, um, which is set at 3.5. Um, and those odds come in at minus 170. But when it's a lock like that, I really eat the line. I don't really mind the line. Um, so that's that. And then for the Cardinals, I have Chase Edmonds going over 17 and a half receiving yards. I just think it's set a little bit low for like his production. Um, and I think he'll see enough snaps to definitely cover that. Um, moving on to the Panthers at the Vikings. Um, I have Teddy Bridgewater um, hitting the over on 258.5 passing yards, and those odds come in at minus 110. Um, Mike Davis hasn't had the production that he had when Christian McCaffrey was initially ruled out. I think they're going to pass the ball a lot. Um, Teddy looks really good with their offense. Um, I think he'll hit the over. Um, I have Dalvin Cook over 22.5 rushing attempts. Um, Dalvin has just been fed in almost every game that he's played. Um, now Adam Thielen is inactive for this game with COVID. Um, I think he'll easily hit the 23 mark. I think he could hit 25 plus. Um, so that's that one. And then I also have Ian Thomas, who's the Carolina tight end, hitting over seven and a half receiving yards, which is plus 104. Now Ian Thomas has had games where he had, he's had zero catches for zero yards, but I just think that he's going to cover this, this one catch pretty much because um, he runs a ton of like curls and stuff like that. Um, I think he'll get open once or twice, especially against the Vikings defense, which really isn't good. Um, moving on to the next game, which is Cleveland Browns at Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, my alternate spread lock for this is the Browns minus 9.5, coming in at plus 120. If you don't want to take that, I definitely hammer their minus 6.5 or minus 7 or whatever it's set out right now um, because Mike Lennon is starting for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who really is not good. Um and speaking of Michael Lennon, um, I took his over 0.5 interceptions, which on FanDuel you'll find as just, you know, to throw an interception. Um, and those odds come in at minus 166, but the Browns defense has looked fantastic. Um, they're going to get Miles Garrett back. I think Michael Lennon will make some mistakes. I think he'll throw at least one interception. Actually, um, just one correction, I believe Miles Garrett is ruled out. Oh, he is ruled out. Um, but regardless, you know, they looked great um, last week against the Eagles. I think they're going to be great again today or uh, on Sunday against the Jaguars. Um, the third and final lock of that game is Kareem Hunt over 14 and a half receiving yards, um, which also, which comes in at minus 115. Um, Nick Chubb really is a non-factor in the passing game. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't catch the ball at all. Um, I think Kareem Hunt is just going to hit this pretty easily. He has a ton in his most recent games. Um, I don't know why it's set so low, but I think he'll cover it. Um, moving on to the Raiders at the Falcons, where I have multiple pretty confident picks for this. Um, the first one being Calvin Ridley over five and a half receptions, 
which is only set at minus 106. This is a huge lock. Unfortunately, you can't add it to a parlay, but I'd absolutely hammer it in straight. Um, Julio Jones looks like he won't play, but he's listed as questionable. Um, and then Hayden Hurst and Todd Gurley both will not play either. Um, so they're going to lo- rely a lot on the passing game. Um, and with Hayden Hurst and Julio Jones inactive, potentially Julio Jones inactive, I really think he won't play. They're definitely going definitely to look Calvin Ridley's way. I don't think there's a corner on the Raiders who can beat him like that um, or hold him to less than that. Um, so that that's definitely a lock. The other absolute lock for this game is Raiders um, minus 6.5, which is an alternate spread plus 145. Um, but if you just want the lock, just hammer Raiders minus three, which is set at minus 110. Um, again, the Falcons just are not healthy. They, they don't look good. They didn't look good against the Taysom Hill-led Saints. I don't think they're really going to be anywhere close to kind of winning this game. I think it's going to be a game that the Raiders are in control of for a long, long time. Um, and then the third and final lock is Darren Waller over 56 and a half receiving yards. Now, I would consider this a lock because of Darren Waller's ability to just catch passes and, you know, take them for yards, obviously. But um, if the Raiders do jump out to a lead like I expect, they might just run the ball down the Falcons' throats, in which case he wouldn't cover this. So another take is the receptions for Darren Waller, which I think is set at 4.5 or 5.5. Either or, I'm probably taking that. Um, So, yeah. Moving on to the Chargers at the Bills, there wasn't a whole lot I liked for this game. Um, but the, the, I just have two picks for it, um, with the, which is Justin Herbert covering over 280.5 passing yards. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have tr- – uh, this is a pretty weird take. I found this on the FanDuel Game Props, um, and it's under Game Props, Spread Slash Total Points Parlay, number three, um, which is Los Angeles Chargers plus 7.5 and over 53.5 for the game which comes in at plus 210. I'm going to hammer that personally. I think it's a very good take. I think the Chargers will cover that, especially now that knowing that Austin Eckler is going to be active for that game. Um, it, it, I just I think that's a really, really good take, um, and it's got some really nice odds attached to it at plus 210. Um, so moving on to the Dolphins, the Jets, I actually don't have any player props for this game. Um, not a whole lot I, I like as far as player props go. But I just hammered the Dolphins in all way possible um, with, with the alternate spread of Dolphins minus 9.5 coming in at plus 120. Um, I also took the Dolphins race to 20 at minus 280. Now, that's a pretty hard um, line to take. Uh, minus, general, 280? minus 280? But um, when you're betting on something like the Dolphins uh, getting to 20 before the New York Jets, it's, it's a take I feel comfortable taking. Uh, regardless of the odds. Um, and then another good take is the Dolphins to score first and win the game, which comes in at minus 108. I think I'll put you know quite a bit on that as well. Um, I think it's a really good take. It's got some really good value with the line that it's at. Um, just two more games left. Um, and the second to last one, moving on to Giants at Bengals. Um, I'm hammering the Giants minus six, which is at a minus 110. I'm also hammering their money line. I think it's around, you know, books will t- typically have it around minus 240 to minus 265 um, right about now. Whatever it's set up, I'm taking it. I just don't think the Bengals are going to be able to compete. I think they have someone named Brendan Allen starting. Um, he's, I don't know a lot about him, but I know enough to say that, you know, he's not going to be good enough to beat the Giants, who've actually looked pretty good recently. 
James Bradbury has been fantastic. In yeah. Oh, season. yeah. He's one of the most underrated players in the league. He's a Agreed. top cornerback. Agreed. Um, he's definitely top ten. I think you can easily um, make make the top five push for him. He's um, gonna be amazing he's, next year too. Yeah. There's honestly. just been a lot of corners playing well this year. Um, and James Bradbury is definitely one of them. Um, I have Daniel Jones hitting the over on his rushing yards set at twenty four point five, and that's minus one ten. Daniel Jones has actually been running the ball a ton. Um. I think he'll cover that pretty easily. Um, I think he could push near 40 during that game. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. With the defense, yeah. Yeah. And then for A.J. Green's under on receiving yards, is set at 39 and a half. Um, and those odds come in at minus 110. Again, Brendan Allen starting. So um, the risk of taking this is you don't know exactly um, who his favorite targets are going to be. Um, we've definitely seen players' fantasy values change and mix up based on quarterback switches. Um, like when P.J. Walker started last week, he really had something going with D.J. Moore that perhaps Teddy Bridgewater didn't have going. The, oh, is that not a lot? Games before that. So I really feel good about A.J. Green under 39 and a half receiving yards. But um, with Brendan Allen starting, you know, it, they're, they're, it does come with a bit of a risk that knowing that, you know, you don't know who his favorite target's going to be. So, Jason, are we not calling that a lock? We're just calling that just like I would consider it a lock. I'm do. taking it regardless. But it's just okay. it's just if you're if you're just looking for stuff that you want to add to a parlay and you're looking at four plus takes, maybe don't take that. I'm just going to take that yeah. straight because I don't want yeah. to missing a parlay or anything like that. Um, yeah, I agree. And then moving on to Titans at Colts, which is the last game that I'm, I'm going to be talking about. Um, I have Derrick Henry. This is an absolute lock. I'm going to hammer this. Um, Derrick Henry's rushing attempts is set at 20.5. I'm pretty sure he's covered that every game this season. I mean, I, I, not against uh, the Bengals. I know he had 18 attempts against them for 112. But what I'm trying to say is he's covered this almost every game. Every game except for um, three games or four games, he's covered this. I mean, it's, it's, he's going he's gonna to rush the ball for at least 21 times. Um, and that's it at minus 146. I don't really care. I'm taking that one. Um, moving on to Ryan Tannehill, his rushing yards are set at 10.5. Um, I'm hammering that over. I'm going to uh, pull up Ryan Tannehill's rushing yards, but he's been running it a ton lately. Um, and he's not necessarily a quarterback that you'd expect to run, but he ran it for 35 yards last time, uh, last game that he played against Baltimore. Um, he set this over four times, five times this year. Um, I think he'll find a pocket. I mean, a place to just run the ball. It's really set at 10 and a half yards. Um, and for Tannehill, that can be one or two runs pretty easily. Um, and then the last one is Phillip Rivers over 23.5 completions, um, which is set at minus 113. Um, Again, Jonathan Taylor is inactive for this game. Um, and I do like the Titans in this one. I think it's a game where they could actually take the lead and perhaps even be in control of this game. Um, furthermore, like that would make the Derrick Henry rushing attempts even more of a lock. Um, yeah. Philip Rivers' completions, um, you know, again, John, Jonathan Taylor inactive. He's going to be throwing it a lot to his backfield. Um, you know, with Naeem Hines likely going to be named the starter. Um I think that's going to be a lock. And again, that's at minus 113. Um, so that wrap, wraps up the locks for the 12 p.m. slate. I'm going to be posting um, the locks um, to our Instagram page later for the 325 p.m. slate um, and later Sunday night football and Monday night football as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, and with that, I'm just going to pass it on to the people working with fantasy now.
Hey! Right, so we do have those later games on Sunday. I do want to bring up the Bucks against the Chiefs. I think potentially that game is going to be very high scoring and with um, Clyde in the backfield, um, I, I do think he's going to destroy a lot. How do you how do you feel about him? How do you how are you feeling about Clyde right now? Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I'm actually not too high on for this week. Um, as you were saying, I think that game is going to be um, just a absolute scoring, just a scoring bonanza. Um, I think that Clyde Edwards-Alaire probably won't see as many touches. They're going to be throwing left and right. Um, and, you know, he may have some of those flat routes, but he really isn't going to see uh, the volume that he saw last week in the rushing game. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna trust Clyde Edwards Lair for this week. All right. Um, so back to the Dolphins at Jets. Um, Tua has been playing amazing. I think he's been doing like he it it's been crazy. Tua's been rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. Uh, he was benched last week. Let's Slow just... down. Slow down there, Norman. Hey, There's someone on the uh, Chargers named Justin Herbert, and he really has something to listen, say. Listen, I have to promote Tua for Rookie of the Year because I, I have his card. Good, I have his cards. I have his cards. I need him. I don't know, bro. It's business opportunity of him. He, he, he also hasn't been gifted the, the greatest receiver. I wouldn't say that they're yeah. bad, but – yeah. Justin Herbert has Keenan Allen, dude. I mean, he, has Devontae Parker. he also has he has, he has an amazing O line, dude. He, he's kind of like got a solid team. I wouldn't speak so highly of their O line either, but um, all right, yeah, it's well, a bit of a hot take for sure. We got a brand new segment coming on. What do you what what are we thinking? Trust, trust. Oh, hey, there we go. All right. Uh, so this is I'm here with Lucas Daskal. This is our new segment um, called Trust or Bust. I'm going to be feeding him some players, and he's going to be telling me if he trusts them or he thinks they're going to bust. Here All right. Go. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Coming back from a big injury, Raheem Mostert. How are you feeling? Raheem Mostert. I am going to trust Raheem Mostert this week. Raheem Mostert is the sixth most points per game fantasy football running back. Um, although he hasn't played much this season, when he does play, he has himself a game. Um, especially with this 49ers offense really struggling with their quarterback situation. George Kittle's out, Brandon Ayuk is out, although they do get Debo, Debo Samuel back. Um, I don't think that they're going to pass the ball very much this game. I think they're going to rely heavily on the run. And Raheem Mostert's going to play an integral part in doing that. So I'm going to trust Raheem Mostert this week. All right. Uh, we got your boy down south, James Robinson. How are you feeling? James Robinson, I mean, it, it's an obvious trust. You know, the production is always going to be there for James Robinson. The the passing game, the the touches, um, everything will be there, especially with this Browns defense that is going to be missing Miles Garrett. Um, along with that, James Robinson has been putting up 15, 14 points, um, 17 points against against rush defenses and scoring no touchdowns. I think if James Robinson can find the end zone this week, um, one or two times, he's 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 going to do very well. Um, so I'm going to trust James Robinson. All right, next we got the man leading the 2018 Super Bowl chance, Carson Wentz. How are you feeling? Carson Wentz is a bust. I, I mean, he has struggled heavily the past few weeks. I, I just I can't see him succeeding in this offense. Um, his mental game has gone to shit after the, the Eagles took Hurts. 
Um, he couldn't produce against the Cowboys, the Giants, um, or the Browns. I, I, I just don't see a way that Carson Wentz can succeed in this offense, um, even against a very poor defense in the Seahawks. So Carson Wentz, big bust this week. Yikes, Jason, didn't you just pick him up? <laughs> Jason, didn't you just pick up Carson Wentz? No, 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 I dropped him for a LaVisca Chenault. Uh, moving on to the Panthers, I think their wide receiver game has been very confusing. How are you feeling about DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson? How are you feeling? DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, I mean, you can even throw Curtis Samuel into that mix. They really are super unpredictable. I think that DJ Moore and... Curtis Samuel both have that incredible upside that we've seen. But Robbie Anderson, I mean, I may trust Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore if you need that high upside if you're playing a really good player in your league. But Robbie Anderson's going to be a definite bust this week. Um, you know, with Teddy Bridgewater being being injured, still kind of struggling with that. I, I just don't see Robbie Anderson being successful in this offense. Um, and, you know, he just isn't the same Robbie Anderson that we saw in the first half of the season. And that's something that is you know hard to accept but it, it's it's just true but if you do need to if you do need that high upside i would definitely you know maybe start uh, curtis samuel or dj moore you know what i'm gonna have to go ahead and disagree with lucas Whoa. actually asterisk he's gonna disagree with lucas as a Roby anderson fantasy manager so first yeah, off, yeah, that, that is true off with that that is true. now I have curtis samuel that man's gonna score a lot mind. now look Curtis Samuel is right, the right. goat. What you got to say next? Robbie Anderson lines up on the outside, and that is where the Vikings secondary has, uh, you know, we've seen them struggle the most. Um, versus slot wide receivers such as Anthony Miller or Darnell Mooney, we've seen them be able to keep them under control. However, it's those outside receivers like Robbie Anderson that the Vikings tend to really struggle with, especially when the Vikings have a very, very weak secondary. I think that Robbie Anderson is good for at least 15 points, if not more, just based off of, uh, you know, the possibility of him catching a touchdown. I, I, I Look at those Curtis Samuel happening. points. Yeah. I just don't see that happening. I'm going to agree Robbie with Robbie Anderson played Detroit last week. Sure. Um, Detroit has a horrible secondary. He put up 11.6 fantasy points. This, I, I just don't see how Robbie Anderson. Well, now here's the thing. Now, Teddy Bridgewater, who... Throughout the season, we've seen that uh, Robbie Anderson has developed into Teddy Bridgewater's favorite target, and now Teddy Bridgewater comes back replacing P.J. Walker, and we saw that P.J. Walker was more in tune with uh, D.J. Moore or uh, Curtis. Okay. So I don't see why Robbie Anderson can't. I think we should be just locking in Curtis Samuel. Against a very weak secondary that has given up points outside of wide receivers such as himself and start to dominate look at curtis samuel's points for the past five weeks 100 percent a trust for me i have him in my FanDuel lineup i have him in my regular lineup trust let's let's ask let's ask our trust or buzz i have to be i have to be if if i can say one thing i'd say that roby anderson has the safest floor out of the three receivers on the panthers um i would say that dj moore and um Curtis Samuel, while they definitely have the upside to do better than yeah, him, I, I, um, I would also that. say that um, their floors are significantly lower than Roby Anderson's. I think. What Robey is washed up Harrison Smith going to do? I don't know. Washed well, up he's not washed yeah. up. Washed up. Washed up. Excuse me. We got our boy. We got our boy with rookie of the year contender, Tua Tagova. We got Devontae Parker. How are you feeling? Devontae Parker, I am going to trust this week. Um, against the Jets, who obviously have a horrible secondary. 
he should see a lot of production. Um, you know, I think he's kind of morphed into two of his favorite targets so far this season, and I think this should finally be the week, or I mean, other than week two, I suppose, that Robbie Anderson, or sorry, that Devontae Parker sees that um, that production. And to be quite honest, if if he, if he busts this week, I'm I I consider Devontae Parker droppable. I consider adding on him. adding on to the Dolphins receivers. I think Jakeem Grant is also going to be getting a lot of more snaps and touches. Yes. Just just to put that out there. Yeah, definitely. If you need that, you know, an extra flex spot, someone's on a bye, someone's injured. Honestly, any of the Dolphins wide receivers you could go with, especially with um, Salvin Ahmad and Miles Gaskin both being inactive. They're really going to rely heavily on the pass this game. Um, and yeah. I think all their receivers should have um, a, a good week, especially against the Jets. That's interesting. That's interesting. Grant is expected to have limited snaps as he's still dealing with an ankle injury. Limit. Um, I think I think if you're looking to pick up a Dolphins receiver in fantasy football, um, you know, I already did in our league, but uh, I think that person's Preston Williams. He looked Max, very good with Tua. Max, he had Max. four receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown all in the first quarter of the game with him. Um, he really looked to be Tua's favorite target. So yeah. if you're looking on the waiver wire for um, a player maybe to stash for the playoffs, because he is on IR, um, and um, Coach Brian Flores really is refusing to give a timetable. What about Jakeem Grant? Um, I, I think Jakeem Grant has upside because he's Grant questionable. Yeah, he is questionable, but I, I think, yeah, they're probably going to send him out. It's the Jets. They don't need him. Right, he's going to have limited snaps anyway. Maybe next week he'll be good, but honestly, he's an ad in our league. So he's not even decent at all. He's not all that. Oh, he's, he's only rostered 4% of the time. Oh, that's tough. He's probably available in your league if you're watching this. Facts. All right. All right. What's our next? Are, are we still done? Are we done with the segment? Do we have another? Thing? We got one more player for you, Lucas. Um, we have mentioned him yep. before, but how are you feeling about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm gonna go with a bust this game. Um, I think that against the the Tampa Bay uh, rush defense, which is pretty good, it's been pretty solid so far especially considering they're going up against the Chiefs. This game will definitely be a shootout. Tom Brady's going to look to come back from a very poor week against the Rams. I just I don't see where Clyde Edwards-Alaire can find uh, the production in this game script that he found last week. So he's going to be a bust for me. I don't think they're going to be running. They're going to be throwing the ball left and right. Um, so, yeah, bust. Yeah, like, just look. Perfect. like he's Clyde's only projected 13, but Tyree Kill's projected 19. And, like... Tampa Bay's pass defense is 15th, but their run defense is 10th. So I, I completely agree, Lucas. Clyde's, I even have Clyde on my team. I'm saying he's not <laughs> yeah. going to do as well as he usually does. Yeah, last week he was, you know, last week was great, but I just don't think he's going to be as, he's not going to be. Solid player. For sure. Just not this week. Oh, yeah, even, sure if, would... even in the playoffs. I would look to to, 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 to grab uh, Clyde Edward-Lair pretty low after this week for the playoffs. He's got a great playoffs game. Yeah. He's playing um, the Broncos, Dolphins, Saints. Yeah. Like, uh, he's got some great matchups. I, I, I think. I well, I, I would rule out the Saints as one good. of those really strong matchups. I know he does have a lot of good matchups coming up, but Saints is a tough match. What should the Bears do with the rest of their season? Do you think they should sell out their players, try and rebuild again, or what do you think? You know, it doesn't really make sense for the Bears to rebuild. I think that they're in a fine spot right now. 
assuming that they can somehow uh, pull off a win against the Packers with the entire NFC North losing last week. I really expected, um, you know, the Vikings to go ahead of the bears and even really make a push for the division title. However, however, they lost to Andy Dalton and the Cowboys. So really all playoff hopes for them go out the window, but it, however, it opens up a new opportunity for the bears, especially with money, Mitch Trubisky back in the lineup. Um, I think the Nick Foles injury may have been a blessing in disguise as the bears dropped four games with um, Nick Foles only being able to muster 149 yards against a very, very bad um, Mike Zimmer defense. No, like no shade to Mike Zimmer. He's a great defensive coach. Just the Vikings personnel really isn't there. That is why if, if the bears can beat the Packers prime time, Sunday night football in Lambeau Field, I can see them making a push for the division title. I kind of agree with that. Yeah, Max, I I totally agree with you. I think this Bears defense is, quite frankly, top five in the league right now. You know, they're they're number one in red zone defense. Um, You know, they got great cornerbacks. Um, They got a great defensive line. I just, I think their defense, it's all there. It's just... Can Mitch Trubisky produce? Can he be that, what was it, 2018 Mitch Trubisky that yeah. led him to the playoffs? Can he do that again? And if he can, I totally agree. Bears do we, make people, a push. people often um, underrate the Bears defense this year, and that's because they're on the field so often. They don't. Th- in 2018, Trubisky was able to do something with Matt Nagy where they could stay on the field for long periods of time, and that would allow their defense to scheme against um, other teams or even just rest up. And the Bears' defense is still top five easily. It's just the flashy plays aren't there because, A, they don't have enough rest, or, B, they're not getting enough time to see what the opposing offense is doing because they're on the field so much. Yeah, uh, I think, think honestly, the Bears, I think if they can – what they have to do is what they did in 2018, which is they end with a four-week uh, four week, week win streak, right? Which really secured them that division title. And if, if they can honestly close out this season really well, this whole Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky drama won't even matter because they'll be ending up, they'll be in playoff contention, definitely. Um, and on, if they beat the Packers on Sunday, like it's definitely a very competitive spot for the division again. I mean, as for your question of going forward, barring Trubisky winning a Super Bowl MVP, the Chicago Bears will draft a quarterback, and Mitchell Trubisky will not have a future in Chicago. Yeah. So I think Trubisky has a lot to prove for his entire NFL career, but in a way he has nothing to lose for the Chicago Bears organization. And what's the most dangerous thing? A man with nothing to lose. Speaking of that... Um, the, the, there is one player that I also want to talk about um, in this segment, um, and that is Zach Ertz, um, who is you know primed to come off the injury reserve. Um, I know he was designated um, to return from injury reserve, but has not actually been activated yet. Um, and I think he either will. Um, pro- I think it's unlikely prior to Sunday's game, although it is still possible. Um, I think more than likely he will be activated off fire next week. Um, and for Zach Ertz, this is a contract year. And this is also a year where Dallas Goddard is performing to tight end one expectations for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so I want to hear your guys' opinions on um, 
like how Zach, how you guys think Zacherts will perform, um, and and kind of what it means to Zacherts to play well, um, for the rest of the year. Um, I don't think he's going to perform well, and I think that's just because the team as a whole isn't performing well. And like, he's a great player, but honestly, like for his future, even he has to be on a different team. He has to have a better quarterback. He just has to have a better like their whole personnel is falling apart. They're not calling the right plays and they should, once he's alpha injury reserve, they should be prioritizing the ball getting to him because he's probably one of the most consistent players. I, I totally team. agree with you, Morty. I think that, you know, with Carson Wentz playing this poorly, I just don't see Zach Ertz having a role in this offense as he did last season. Um, you know, especially Dallas, as you said, Jason, Dallas Goddard has been playing well. I mean, Zach Ertz just, the production hasn't been there. He's been injured. Um, Carson Wentz, there are just, they're just too many negative factors that are playing into um, Zach Ertz right now, and, you know, he just isn't as good. Yeah. Um, I, I would I would somewhat agree. I, I think there's definitely the downsides there for Zach Ertz, and he's definitely risky. Uh, like Mal, like, uh, Sorry, like Lucas said, there is a ton, a ton, a ton of negatives. So it's really hard to, to kind of be high on Zach Ertz. Um, but I think part of the reason that the quarterback play from Wentz's um, side has been so awful um, is because the O-line just has not been protecting him. They have not been doing their job. He's been sacked 40 times this year, um, which is the most out of any quarterback. Um, while he does also lead in interceptions and has the 36th worst QB rating, um, I still think that the raw talent of Carson Wentz is there, despite the obvious, you know, awful play that we've witnessed from him. So I, I still think Zach Ertz has upside. I think he has significantly less upside than he had last year. You know, coming into this year's fantasy draft, he was likely a, a later third or a fourth round pick, maybe even early fifth. Um, he doesn't have that top five tight end value anymore. He just doesn't um, because of Dallas Goddard's um, production and of, of his volume that he gets as well. Um, but I still think Zacherts, um can be a tight end one in fantasy. I think he can be a, a top eight tight end. Um, I just, I don't think the upside's there to see um, the Zacherts of old. I think he will um, sign to a new team this offseason as well. Yeah. Um, just uh, one last point that I have is I'm wondering, I don't know much about it, but what's this uh, thing about the extra like play-in seed that the Vikings could potentially make? Does so anyone know anything about that? That actually won't happen. That was for the Ravens-Steelers game to get postponed. They would add an extra seed to the NFC, uh, uh, to the playoffs, um, which would make it a pretty tight NFC race for that playoff spot among the Panthers and the Vikings and the Bears and a bunch of those other borderline playoffs. Well, it still could be postponed. Like, the Ravens have just reported They've 18 already players. COVID is yeah, and days. practice facilities. Yeah, Max, go on. Yeah, I was just saying that they've already rescheduled it for sometime during – um, it's Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, but practice facility closed. So it, it can't be postponed. Well, no, again, here's right? the thing it's because just, now Pittsburgh is starting to test positive. Have- that's that's what I'm saying. So I think this is still in contention. Yeah, I, I think it still is in contention. I think they get postponed as well. Um, practice facilities for all. So what, what would the Vikings have to do to get there? Don't they have to beat out like the be best team in the NFC? Yeah. Oh. They're not going to. I, do I that. don't see that happening. Um, the Viking schedule: they have Carolina, Jacksonville, very doable games, but then they have Tampa Bay, Chicago, and New Orleans. I mean, Chicago, it's, sure, but Tampa Bay, New Orleans. 
you know, they're not going to be. Yeah, they're game. very solid. They're very solid. Yeah. Um. So I think. I don't know. Do you guys have anything else that we should mention? No, I think that's it. I think that's it. All right. So that concludes our very, very first podcast. podcast. Thank you all. Our very first. One of many. One of many. Um, you know, keep up Thank with you. the buzz. And uh, we'll hey. see you next time here on Red Zone Buzz. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you. Bye, everyone. All right.